Well, coming up on this episode of the Retirement Power Play Podcast, a little bit of a different uh, approach to our conversations. We're going to go open up the mailbag and answer some questions that have come in. We're going to cover things like taking out withdrawals to pay for a house, potentially. What should you do if you have homes in two different states and looking to retire soon? Should you sell one? Investing in CDs, financial advisors, and much more. So a great show coming up. Stay tuned. When it comes to your finances, you don't want to be at a disadvantage. Tim Dyer can help. He's a wealth manager specializing in retirement planning and investment management. And he can be that financial coach that helps you achieve your goals in retirement. This is Retirement Power Play. Glad to have you on the Retirement Power Play podcast. Ben George, along with Tim Dyer, Wealth Manager, out in San Diego. Tim, mm-hmm. what's going on, man? Not much, not much. Uh, you know, getting ready for the holiday season, excited. Uh, we've, uh, we have a lot of family birthdays kind of around this time, too. So we, um, you know, we we're hopping around from birthday parties and holidays. So life is pretty good. I was... Um, I was listening to the radio this morning. Um, once a week, we go get bagels down at the shop, and you know that way we don't have the big cleanup. But I mentioned that because I like to listen to some talk radio, and I listen to some of that NHL radio on XM Sirius. And you know they were going through kind of like a, a lightning round with yeah. what's going on with the teams and things like that. And the Bruins are doing well, so I, I continue to be happy. But um, I thought about it, like, hey, you know, we we get all these questions that we um, you know kind of rotate into the show why don't we just kind of rip through the, the mailbag here and uh we'll do our own little lightning round so here we are every time i'm look wondering what your connection to hockey will be you always find a nice uh, bridge there and that was a good one the lightning round so we got our own version of the lightning round today so let's jump into it tim and uh answer some questions and if you have anything on your mind feel free to give tim a call at 858-459-3937 but let's start off with harriet she says i'm closing mm-hmm. on a new house in a few weeks i need cash for the mm-hmm. closing but my current home isn't going to sell in time, so I won't have that money to use towards it. So I don't want to make a big withdrawal from my IRA and pay all of those taxes that are that come along with that. So should I just find some kind of short-term loan? Hmm. Okay. Um, I'm not looking at these questions you're firing off at me, so I'm, I'm listening and then I'm also thinking about uh, how I would answer that. But okay, so one of the, I, I heard one home, you know, selling a home, buying a home, mm-hmm. and this is a common thing, right? When people leave one place, they like to go to another. Now, there's different reasons. Maybe they're downsizing or maybe they're upsizing, whatever it might be. I think in um, in the lovely Harriet's case, we're talking about a house that she had bought and her current home isn't going to sell in time. So this must have been a request we've got from a while back because in this real estate market, houses sell in about five seconds. But <laughs> um, um, okay, so... There are a couple of things to bridge the gap. Now, one, there are if you have investments outside of your retirement account, that might be a place to start first because there may be a more advantageous tax liability than pulling money out of your IRA. Pulling money out of your IRA is like adding income onto your, um, you know, added income onto your ta- uh, taxable income for the year. So, you know, you want to be cognizant of that. Now. If you don't have discretionary funds outside your retirement account, now you're faced with, okay, do we take a a bridge loan, which is something that could be done? Typically, those take a little while to get set up, and the lending terms are pretty tight now with interest rates going up. They've gotten more expensive, so that might not be the best place. One thing to do, and, and, you know, 
I don't know the situation specifically, but and I don't know the size of the IRA and whatnot, but there is a provision within the uh, IRS code that you can actually take money out from a retirement account and you can put it back within 60 days and, um, you know, they let you put the money back into the account within 60 days. So, and there would be no tax. Now you can do that as of current code um, once in a 365 day period. So if you did it in November of 2023, you can't do it in January 2024, right? You'd have to wait until December 2024. But that might that might be an option. And if you can't pay it all back, you could possibly put back some of it, and that would minimize some of the taxes uh, for the year. So um, depending on the amount uh, that, that you need, I mean, if it's a small amount, you, you could potentially take out a loan. But if it's a uh, if it's a bigger amount, and and you think the house is going to sell, the other thing is that you could talk to your realtor because I, there are some contingencies with loans, like the new house gets purchased, you know, on the contingency that the other one sells, and you know, that's a real estate question, yeah. not a uh, Tim Dyer question. But uh, the the key is just getting somebody to, as we say this all the time, you get a second set of eyes on it, and you know maybe they don't know the answer, but they know how to point you in the right direction or find the person that can answer that question, and that's where uh, that's where I would say this falls into. But avoiding that IRA is a, is a is a key point in this, right? Trying to avoid that withdrawal. Yeah, just don't go in there blind and say, "Oh, there's money here," because you have a secret partner uh, in that account. It's called the IRS, and they're sitting there waiting. When that money comes out that door, you know they're getting their cut yeah. uh, right away. So we want to limit that to the best that we can. Okay, here's another real estate one uh, for you from Jim. It says we have t- uh, homes in two different states, and we really like both of them. But we're also both 57 and want to retire at 60, so in three years. Is it worth selling one of these homes to make that work? Okay, so the the nature of this question is is really one of uh, you know longevity, and and it's the really the question that everybody has on their mind, which is, do I have enough money for the rest of my life? Mm-hmm. You know, is my money going to outlast me, or am I going to outlast the money? That's essentially the nature of this question. Now, homes in two different states. It comes down to are they needed? Uh, do you do you go to one for one week and then the other one that you're there for you know eleven months or something of that nature? That's something to consider. But the way this is solved is through you know what I would call a retirement income plan, and that would say okay, you know fifty seven's young, sixty is young, right? A lot of runway left. Actuarial tables take you into you know mid to late eighties. If your family has you know, longevity, certainly could be longer. So you're talking about a 30-year window. When we look at the resources, the assets, the income sources from pension or Social Security or maybe rental properties, whatever that might be, when we look at all that through a retirement income plan, we say like, okay, does this hold water? Is this thing going to last uh, based on the lifestyle that, that you currently live? And if we sell one of these properties, um, you know, I'll just use an example. You sell the second property and you take the equity from that. Does that allow you maybe to retire sooner or with more discretionary income? You got to factor in taxes, of course, but that's going to be a balancing act. Say, look, do you want to retire at 60 with $10,000 a month or do you want to retire uh, at, 50, you know, uh, at let's say 62 or 65 with, 
I don't know, 8,000 a month if you don't sell the property, right? Maybe you work a little bit longer. So you, you have to prioritize, um, you figure out what's a priority. Is it, is it absolutely retiring at 60 or is it keeping both properties or is it doing a, a plan? I would argue it's, it's always to do a plan, hmm. but to determine, you know, which of these scenarios make the most sense for you. So I guess, does that make sense, Ben? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's not a yes or no necessarily to that, but there's other questions to get to that that savings amount that's important to make sure you can can fund your retirement and you know it's perfect kind of transition to our next one because it's a similar question about about withdrawal rates so i retired 3 years ago but i just did the math and discovered that my, that my withdrawal rate for my savings is about 6% it's just too much ben you are not reading the news are you my friend <laughs> uh the proverbial guru dave Ramsey just mm-hmm. came out with a post that is causing all kinds of ruckus out there. Okay. And uh, he had posted an article that said you can take 8% out of your retirement account. Now, okay, academically, that historically does not pencil out, okay? But if you read the article, and, and I actually have not um, read it because I, I think it's a bit of clickbait, but... Um, you know, he might be assuming that the clients are totally overfunded, you know, they've got plenty excess assets, uh, you know, I'd have to sort of circle back on that. But here's the point around the, the question from our, from our mailbag, um, you know, 6% may be too much. I would say if you took historical averages, that's more than the rule of thumb 4%. Uh, I don't subscribe to that. I, I think a, a safer withdrawal rate without a plan is less than that two and a half three percent if you have a plan where you understand how you can weather financial you know down financial markets or interrupted cash flows you know then you, it can actually be higher because you can generate potentially higher returns so his withdrawal rate on his savings not his savings was six percent i think you said right yeah um yeah, I mean, with, withdrawal rate is that's a that's going to be high. You're going to want to get that tested. As far as you know, do a retirement income plan. You could sit down with any planner, CFP, um, you know, that can run those projections for you. And considering all the things like your income sources and taxes and things of that nature, to just find out if that six percent is going to be too much. And my thought is, it might be. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting from Dave Ramsey. I, I, I've heard the 4% rule. I've never heard the 8% rule. I uh, didn't know that was a thing, Tim. <laughs> well, what is it? No press is good pre- or, or, you know, any press is good yeah. press or something. Like, you know. We're talking about um, it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's, it's, nothing works in a vacuum. I mean, if you've got right. uh, $10 million and you live off 50 k a year, which is not typically the case, uh, yeah, go ahead. Take out 8%. <laughs> uh, take out 10 You know, but Seems so easy. Yeah, it, it just, you, you have to run those numbers. Um, and I'll say this too, this is a really important point um, when we talk about rates of return and withdrawal rates. The reason this, this industry exists is because too many times people are talking about averages, right? The av- My average rate of return is 10% or 7%, whatever that might be. And then they say, okay, well, my withdrawal rate is 5%, right? So say if I'm if my if I'm earning on average six percent from my money and I'm taking out five percent, well that should be fine, right? Six is greater than five, and you're not gonna 
draw down your nest egg. Um, but that's not how the world works, right? Things go up and down. Um, some years you get 10%, maybe some years you get negative 5% or any type of extremes around that. The average might still work out to 7 or 10%, but that's not what's called your compound average. And that's the money that you get to spend because you might end up needing to take out a big chunk of money and the market might be down for two years. Well, now you're taking out, instead of 5%, you're taking out 8 or 9% on that new value, right? Mm-hmm. The key takeaway there is it's not just uh, rate of return over uh, distribution rate. It's, it's a little bit more in-depth than that, especially if you want to increase the probability of success of your plan, which ultimately means not running out of money. Yep. All right, uh, let's go to another one dealing with investing. I have a few CDs that will be maturing in the next year. I'm worried about what the market will do, as a lot of people are. So should I just reinvest in more CDs once they mature? Well, we always talk about good, better, best. Uh, That's probably not a bad idea, right? That's certainly an option. It's a known quantity. Uh, That's a good option. Um, We mentioned on on some other shows talking about how uh, cash has really changed. You know, um, I've always argued that cash is an asset class. It's not it's not necessarily just where you park money that you don't know what to do with yet or emergency funds. It is an investment um, and, and can be used in that. For example, if if you invest in cash and it's holding the, its principal stable, you know, safe, and the market is declining and you get to redeploy that at lower prices per se, you know, that technically is a, is, is, has got the characteristics of an asset. But I think in the, in the context of the, the CDs here, cash, uh, Schwab's money market was at 5.4 last time I checked. Uh, I know f- Fidelity and other companies, you know, they're offering really competitive rates. You would not believe the inflows of capital that's coming into these money market funds. And, and so, you know, that doesn't necessarily in itself push interest rates higher. Uh, inflation does and the, how the Federal Reserve sets interest rates is what determines that. But um, you might be surprised that you could have money in a liquid cash money market account that could pay uh, better than a three, six-month CD. Uh, U.S. Treasuries is another example. Three, six, nine-month Treasuries are north of 5%. Uh, you, they can be. Um, again, check check rates. You can search online to get those. Um, was it TreasuryDirect.gov will give you some of that information. But, you know, again, you might not have to lock your money up in a CD for 12 or 18 months. Uh, you, might, you might only have to um, allocate for six months and then keep doing that um, and, and you might get a higher rate. So key takeaway, there's other things out there. You just want to check, put a second set of eyes on it, look across those and then make a decision there based on it's not just the highest return. You want to make sure that you've got that principle safe and secure like you did for the CDs. But if you can uh, eke out a little bit better return, then might not make sense assuming it's the same risk. Okay. Got to look around. Yeah. All right, let's uh, let's talk one more question here on our lightning round episode here, the retirement power play, and get this one about financial advisors. A good one. I've interviewed a few different financial advisors. They're all very cryptic about what they're actually going to do with my money. It's like they don't want to tell me anything until I give them everything, and then they'll surprise me or something. Is this normal? Yeah, I think that experience is is often um, familiar uh, or, or or common. I will say. 
the financial services industry is big. There's a lot of different types of advisors out there, and they've all got different names and acronyms and whatnot. But here's the thing. In some cases, some advisors will say, we have this. Does it fit what you're looking for? Right. That's, that's arguably maybe more of a product sale, right? Mm-hmm. Um, does this, and, and to, uh, I use the analogy, you know, to that scenario, the advisor is a hammer and everybody looks like a nail, right? Um, now, you know, they're trying to figure out if it's a good fit and maybe they've got a couple of different choices, but they're saying, here's what we offer. You know, is this what you want? Um, those, are ten, those are some of the people that show, you know, uh, proposals and stuff like that up front about specific investments. Uh, when you go to the other end of the spectrum, you go like in the financial planning arena, Typically, you're having a really deep dive into somebody's financial, you know, holistic approach to their, all of their um, financials. And they're also trying to align that up with their future vision, their value, their goals. And so they're, they're, they're trying to get really granular on what we're trying to do with the money. And then from there, that's leading them to what we call a design phase where we start to pull in potential solutions and then we talk about them with the client and say, okay, you know, we've put together a couple of pieces here. Do you understand this? Does this resonate? Does it seem like, you know, this fits with what you're looking for? And again, there's, there's guidance in that design phase. But here's where the, um, the kind of differentiation is. There's, in that process, there's a lot of work that goes into that, Right. Um, understanding somebody's needs, it takes, you know, multiple meetings and then putting together, you know, some, some specific recommendations that are customized to that need. It takes time and, and people are compensated for their time. And so I, what I find is that it's not that advisors are being secretive. It's that in some cases they haven't clearly outlined what their process is to to solve these problems, right? So if I say to you, Ben, listen, I want to find out what it is we're trying to accomplish here, and I'm oversimplifying here, but, um, and you say, okay, and I say, here's the process we're going to go through. We're going to set up a meeting where, you know, we're going to sit down with you and your wife and or Zoom, and we're going to talk about these things. Then from there, we're going to come back. We're going to present some, you know, high-level ideas of how we might do this, from there, you know, if you decide to have us help you implement or engage in the implementation, you know, that that's where, you, you know, you become a client. Again, I'm, I'm, our process is, is clearly outlined. It's a little different, but um, you know that, okay, like this person understands me, this advisor um, is working with me shoulder to shoulder looking for, you know, solutions that fit and, and discussing it. Not just saying, here's what it is, take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. So I, I certainly understand the, uh, the, the question. And, uh, you know, for everybody, it's a little bit different. And talking to, to multiple advisors and talking to your friends and who they use and what experience have they had can be helpful. Um, and just asking a lot of questions is, you know, uh, I would say even paramount. People come in and say, I don't know, you know, ask any questions what we're here for we're here to you know get the solutions that you need and let's just you know be upfront and clear about it you know anyways um it's it's a hard thing to sort of wrap up in a quick topic but i uh you know i i think that 
they're not hiding anything. Um, they just haven't clearly articulated where they are, where, you know, what the process is and where they are in that process um, and what to expect as well, you know, at the next step. So that's what I have to say about that. Okay. Well, very good. Lightning round complete. Buzzer has sounded or the horn has sounded and it's time to to wrap it up, Tim. But always a pleasure going through this. I thought it was interesting to go through some of these different scenarios and getting your thoughts on some real life situations. And uh, we appreciate the questions. And if you have anything on your mind, we'd love to hear from you as well. 858-459-3937 or online, DyerWM.com. All right, Tim, we wish you the best uh, for this holiday season and uh, we'll do this again soon. You got it, brother. See you next time. The commentary on this podcast reflects the personal opinions, viewpoints, and analyses of Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, DBA Dire Wealth Management employees making such comment and should not be regarded as a description of advisory services provided by Dire Wealth Management or performance returns of any Dire Wealth Management Investments client. The views reflected in the commentary are subject to change at any time without notice. The opinions expressed in this podcast are for general informational purposes only and are not intended to provide specific advice or recommendations for any individual or any specific security. It is only intended to provide education about the financial industry. To determine which investments may be appropriate for you, consult your financial advisor prior to investing. Any past performance discussed during this program is no guarantee of future results. Any indices referred for comparison are unmanaged and cannot be invested into directly. As always, please remember investing involves risk and possible loss of principal capital. Please seek advice from a licensed professional. Dire Wealth Management provides advisory services through Sage Capital Advisors, LLC, an SEC-registered investment advisor. Advisory services are only offered to clients or prospective clients where Dire Wealth Management and its representatives are properly licensed or exempt from licensure. No advice may be rendered by Dire Wealth Management unless a client service agreement is in place.